Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. This is the Fizzle Show. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. In case you aren't familiar with what we do here, Fizzle is training for small business builders, and this is the podcast of Fizzle. So let me tell you about Fizzle real quick. Over 40 individual courses, all of them yours for the price of about a dollar a day. It sounds like all of them yours for the price of about a dollar a day. But it's not just courses. It's community. Membership uh, gets you access to the forums where people are helping out. You get access to weekly coaching calls every Friday where an expert will help with your specific business. And you get access to the Fizzle Roadmap, which will guide you through setting up a business the right way. So membership to Fizzle costs about only a dollar a day. Like I said, $35 a month is membership. Very affordable. So uh, as a listener to the show, you can try five weeks for free. You get five whole weeks for free when you go to fizzle.co slash Try five. That's try five. Fizzle back on that try five. All right. In this episode, how to change your website's focus and do it well. Are you wondering maybe right now if you've like picked the right business topic? All right. Or maybe you're thinking about changing to a new topic, but, but you've already built something. This is very common. You come up with an idea, you get to work on it. And after you work on it for a while, you start to get a sense for like, oh, maybe I should have gone over there first or pick this. It's actually this thing inside of here that that's what I want to focus on instead of this whole thing. All right. So in this episode, we talk you through how to make that transition and not just make a good transition, but make it great. All right, so you can nail this thing. And big bonus for this episode, there is some smooth jazz flute. Uh, I'm seriously into it. So all of that in a totally unedited podcast episode. We do, of course, bleep out the cusses for you. Uh, But this means you get everything. You're not missing out on anything. Hope you enjoy the show. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 167. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Hey, but before I do, I want to tell you about our sponsors, FreshBooks. FreshBooks is small business accounting software designed for small businesses like the one you're making. It helps millions of service-based business owners make everyday invoicing and accounting easy, fast, and secure. All right, let me tell you specifically about the expenses that they can help with. FreshBooks makes keeping track of your expenses ridiculously simple. There's no more boxes of receipts. And here's a little quote from a marketing consultant, Kyle Sexton, who said, I get paid three times faster using FreshBooks and would recommend it to any small business owner. You got to like that. Here is uh, the, re- the the offer from FreshBooks. It's, it's offering you guys a month of unrestricted use to all of the listeners of Fizzle totally for free right now. And you don't even need a credit card for the trial or anything. So to get your free month, just go to freshbooks.com slash fizzle and enter fizzle in the how did you hear about us section all right here we go yeah so hey hey uh we're doing a little how's your father a little hanging out with corbett bars the founder cast rocking and rolling right. hey this is wolfman here and here on the jazz of the station 101 we are gonna get it right into the i was listening to the jazz station i like wanted to keep going but i also had to tell the story the jazz station is very different i love the, <laughs> the wolfman but this guy that i was listening to was like sunday Crazy jazz. <laughs> it was what it was like the segment was called or something. 
And some, As, or Jesse calls it acid jazz. She always gets like, <laughs> totally. She thinks all like every out there <laughs> improv is acid jazz. <laughs> Which is like, once you hear that term acid jazz, you're like, this is probably acid jazz. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like everything starts to sound like acid yeah. jazz. But uh, you know, some some uh, flautist, some jazz flautist uh, had, rec- had passed away in April or something. This guy was just now getting on the air. Uh, and he was like, dude, this whole session's dedicated to fucking Herbie McGillicuddy or whatever. And, and he was, and he, this guy's just like uber fan, like tripping out, loved this guy. He's like, nobody's ever been so expressive on the flute. Certainly maybe in music ever. <laughs> like he was so into it. Nice. And, uh, and so <laughs> anyways, I don't know why I brought that up <laughs> except for the fact that I learned about a new flautist who I can't remember his name, but the music was badass. but it's like jazz flute, like anchor. Fr- for, for everybody out there, I'm just going to, I know there's some people out there thinking this, so I'm just going to say it for them. Cool story, Chase. <laughs> Jazz flute is really difficult to take seriously. <laughs> That's where I was heading. Well, um, and most, most flautists in jazz also play the saxophone. They're actually do they really? saxophonists, and then they break out the flute. Oh, wow. Because there's not that many parts for the flute. Because the flute is really expressive. Yeah. Like, it's so breathy. You know what I mean? And yeah. You, and you do, they do, he was doing cr- <laughs> yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah. It's very vocal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and, and you can go really delicate. You can't really go really heavy. That's no. why it's like Don Henley. You know what I mean? You got that real, real, I guess he's pretty hand, <laughs> heavy, but you know, you've got that, that like, that, gr- that like air in every syllable that yeah. that guy says. Um, but uh, anyways, it's like that anchor man has that bit about Ron Burgundy playing jazz flute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it's really hard to take seriously when you picture them like, <laughs> doing the thing. Yeah. But man, it's hard to have bass face when you're playing. <laughs> bass face, as everyone knows, is that stank face you make when you are grinding on the backbeat. Um, so anyways, I had some fun listening to some jazz flute. True story. There was a, an African, African refugee in my car, a Congolese refugee in my car who has been in a Ugandan refugee camp for the last seven years and just recently came to the U.S. And uh, You didn't scare him back to... <laughs> well, he jumped in. He got in Uganda. the car because I was taking him to Fred Meyer to learn how to like re-up his cell phone. Like, okay. And it was just very difficult. Like, There's no language communication. Like, We're working through it. I'm part of a, a couple family group that we're, we're all kind of like sort of helping these guys get uh, established in, in Portland. Um, learn how to ride the bus and all this stuff. And anyways, we, we jump in the car and he, you know, he just doesn't know what to do with his hands or, <laughs> or whatever, right? And the music on, I was like, we're just gonna, I'm like, I'm like, we'll just show him what I listen to music wise, but it's like the metal station. <laughs> and it sounds like Caleb would say, like, it sounds like Transformers trying to have sex, right? Yeah. It's just like, Transformers some, doing it. Like your car sounds weird. He's <laughs> like, I can picture him going like, this car's gonna break like any minute. I could tell by the sound that it's making. And then I clicked the channel and we were on jazz flute. And I don't know what that guy was thinking, but uh Kamali's probably got like some some wicked some wicked expressive flute stuck in his head right now. I'm guessing you preferred the flute to the metal. Yeah, probably. Probably. I'm Chase Warman Reeves. I'm here with Corbett Lee Barr. And we are bringing in the sunset with Another playlist of jazz favorites. Today, I'm excited to bring to you such hits as Can My Is My Business Gonna Succeed? And Hey, I I want to try to I want to quit my job. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Got a lot of energy coming at you it's right like now. It's like a train wreck. <laughs> I'm just sitting here watching it. It's a train wreck, but I'm giggling the whole way down. 
Okay, so today on the show, we've got a, I, I want to talk about uh, this, uh, this, tell the story of this email correspondence that I was having with um, this lady who has got a question about what to do with a site that exists that is successful, but she wants to change direction. Okay, so I'm going to start reading uh, the the correspondence and, and bits of the conversation, and then and then we're just going to like uh, freeform jazz <laughs> about about like some advice and and some some things that this makes us think of. Right. So first, she starts. Hey, Chase, I got to confess, I'm a huge fan of your antics. And then I edited the rest. She keeps going. You know what I mean? She yeah, keeps going. But you're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, number two. So not everybody dislikes, you know, the voice and the craziness, right? Is what I'm getting at. Number two, she says, uh, when I started my blog about cowboy culture for newbies, I love that idea. A cowboy culture for newbies. Like, there's just like a line of people just like, God, I want to find out so much more about this cowboy culture. <laughs> Like, I'm a newbie. So, like, people are Googling, like, how to be a cowboy? I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, maybe it's just Japanese businessmen. You know what I mean? They're just, like, yeah. they're just like getting into it. But listen to where she took this thing, right? I didn't exactly know what I was doing, but my stuff was getting found, and I began to build an audience. Now, two years later, I have decent traffic to my blog, about thirteen to 15,000 visits a month, mostly search engine traffic, and 5,000 followers on Facebook, and 1,500 email subscribers, right? So this is not like, that's perfect. By the way, I love those numbers for two years, right? Don't you think that that's like a, um, that's like, it's really hard to get traction. Some some blogs, like, you start up and it just, bam, wow, you're going nuts. Like, what, hey, well, I, I just went straight to, you know, 200,000 people on my site every month or yeah. something like that. I think that's fairly rare for most of us starting businesses, starting blogs or podcasts or YouTube channels that we want to make a business out of, right? Because... We're not talking about like celebrity gossip. We're not talking about like just like straight up stuff people want to click on and then never buy something from. Yeah. We're talking about stuff that like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to attract a group of people who are willing to buy stuff from me. Like it's not just like I'm blogging for my health, you know? So what do you, I mean, first of all, just those numbers. I liked it. I'm mean, two years, 1500 email subscribers. I think that's something to celebrate. Personally, sure. Of course right? it is. Of yeah. course it is. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I, I don't know that you can build a business from this scenario yet. And maybe that's why she's thinking about moving on, which yeah. is what we're about to hear about. Yeah, totally. So then she says, but I have realized over the course of building this audience that there's a smaller subset of my audience that I specifically want to serve. So I have decided to start a new venture with much clearer and shorter paths to monetization. Right. So just like what you were saying. Okay. And I want to point out, this is a hypothesis Yeah, that yeah. there is a shorter path to monetization. Great. Yeah. A lot of times it's easy to get two years into it. You said great numbers. Well, obviously, she's thinking the numbers aren't that great. Yeah, no, right? I'm just talking about great numbers from the world responding to your thing. Yeah. Not I mean, necessarily revenue, I would obviously. I'd be concerned if I, was, if I set out to build a business and two years in, I had 1,500 email subscribers, I would be scratching my head thinking about where, what you am want, I going to do next. You want more? I guess well. part of me is I'm thinking in the, in the like, on, this is still on the side. But if this is just on the side and she's on the 10 year plan, then yeah, it's yeah. great. This is a great first attempt. But, mm -hmm. but she's saying, uh, I've decided to start a new venture with a much clearer and shorter path to monetization. I can understand how it might be clearer, but you aren't guaranteed that it's going to be shorter necessarily. Yeah. yeah. So uh, here's a question for you then. Okay. So where what number, my buddy Aiden? You got a you got a soccer ball. My son's walking in the door and saying, "I, I got a basketball. A ba that's, a basketball. that's a basketball, Dad." 
You bought it? Would you buy that with the money that you made from selling cookies and lemonade? Wow, that's a unbelievable. Nice Great job, pal. <laughs> See, team, entrepreneurship is alive and well in America. He's just throwing the ball now. That was like a perfect exit. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Uh, <laughs> I'm leaving this all in. Um, my son just walked in and showed me his, his basketball that he bought with money that he made from literally baking cookies and making lemonade and selling it while we had a garage sale. That's like, amazing. How suburban America am I right now? Are you a little bit jealous? I mean, you're the one with the boat trailer in your driveway, but I'm doing garage sales. <laughs> so uh, I'm curious. I'm curious. Like, um, so there's there's a guy out there that I know who who reminds me of you, Corbett, like a younger you, and I, I'm imagining him thinking about his, what he wants from his blog in, in similar ways to you. But he's he's way further behind, right? He's just getting started. Okay. If you were to say, if you knew he was going to take blogging as seriously as you, and have the same kind of like uh, grasp of it in some ways. But he's just getting started. You're like in two years. Here's what you should aim for. You'd be celebrate if you have this in two years. What are the numbers you're thinking of in that? I mean, it it depends, right? It's like it's the old um, the idea. Like if you you if you had three email subscribers, but they were like the president and Oprah, and, yeah. You know, then it's different. You know, yeah, it kind of depends totally. on how we don't know how engaged these people are. These totally. fifteen hundred people or whatever. Um, the proof for me would be more in the pudding of I created a product, sold, sold it, it, people bought it, and yeah. now I know that I can. Because you know. right, if we're talking about cowboy newbies to cowboy culture, and if you have like a course that sells for two thousand dollars and you make eighty thousand dollars a year selling that after two years, it's like that's that's awesome, good work, right? Yeah. But if you if you're just building an audience and there's no nothing to sell besides like a you know, an ebook on, you know, what shirts to buy or, or, or how, yeah. to, how, what she mentioned in later part of the email. Like a lot of times people are wanting to know like what, what hats go with what belts, you know what I mean? Or what boots go with what belts and how to right. shape your hat. Um, and, and I don't want to give the impression that we're, we're making fun of the, of this, uh, niche. Cause I've loved talking to her through email and I just love the idea. I'm so fired up that like a neat, like, like ideas, topics and things like, like this, this is what the internet is, folks. Yeah. It's like it's like this exists for people who like emoji just from 1987 to 1989 or whatever, right? right. I, I meant to say like, you know, Japanese cartoons or something like that. Like right. that kind of fan culture or um or, or lifestyle, niche lifestyle or sort of sort of thing. Like these pockets, that this is where they live, is on on the web. And I love that. That's where we like you can make a living doing that. Something that you actually care about. I love that. So, anyways. So you're you're talking you're saying the proof is in putting in terms of revenue and stuff like that more when you're looking at at the numbers. I was yeah. just curious you personally. Yeah, and yeah. I would you know I would uh, around a five hundred or a thousand subscribers. I would be trying to yeah. pitch something. Yeah, know, that's a good to way to think if, about to it. See right, if they would buy it. Um, and you know I I would if I was building a business I would want to do that within six months. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. um, because for me to invest two years into something yeah. and not have some evidence that it's going to turn into. And and we don't know if she started this as a business or a hobby or whatever. Yeah. You're just asking me personally, if someone was yeah, starting I a am. business, uh, I wouldn't let two years go without two years go by without having any proof that um, these people might buy something. Yep. That's, that's good. That, and that's it. That's, that's a good way of putting it. I wouldn't let two years go by without having any proof that these people might buy something. Yeah. Now, like you said, you know, maybe you're working a job and you're just letting that time trickle by as you're working on other stuff yeah. so that you're ready at some point, then that's great. You're building a really solid foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just not, you know, that necessarily that accelerating. That totally. Goes.
Okay, cool. Let's keep going here. So she says, uh, you know, I realized that there, there's there's a more specific, smaller subset of my audience that I specifically want to serve. Um, now, this is something that I think is fairly uh, fairly common, I, at least in my experience of my own businesses, of my own ideas. Like you start a thing, you're working on it, and it's not till you've been in it for a year or something like that that you realize, geez, I'm like, I'm talking like at the, te- I'm trying to tackle this whole thing. And I need a company to do that. I need 25 writers to tackle this whole thing. I could just tackle this one little part of it. I really could actually make an impact there. I could put a dent in that thing. Yeah. Right. And so specifically, she says, um, I want to target women specifically. So I'd be cutting out a big portion of my existing audience. I asked her on email, um, uh, well, anyways, we'll get to that later. So I, I, she said, I'd be cutting out a big portion of my existing audience. Uh, I've done some podcast episodes recently that are more geared towards this women-based topic, basically helping women with the mental aspect of competing with horses. I've had feedback from women who love the new content and also feedback from people who don't like the departure from my original stuff. Yeah, there's nothing, you're going to probably get a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, Listen, you got a lot of male cowboys in your audience. You're going to get a little poop on your... <laughs> I don't know. I was looking for something. <laughs> I couldn't even get through it. Well, also, I mean, you know, if some people, male or female, were looking yeah. for what hat goes with this belt buckle, yeah. they don't necessarily... Like, maybe they were into the show of the cowboy culture, not the yeah. actual competing with horses. Totally. Thing. And I love that, right? Because now what you're doing... And I don't know, but what it sounds like is you're, ta- you're going from talking to, talking to the people in the stands to talking to the people who ride the horses right. or you know or do the thing yeah you're talking to the professionals yep. right what do professionals want to do they want to turn want to get better at their thing they want to compete stronger they are earning the revenue from their income from this thing and if you can help them do that if you if i if you can say like listen pay me 500 dollars, i will make you back that money in your first whatever 10 races or, or something right if you can find that thing that that you know you can say that you think they're i don't know they're they're races, cowboys race I, horses i i don't know much about uh equestrian life but i do know i do have a pair of riding trousers <laughs> yes jodhpurs i think Jod- they're called <laughs> perfect so I, what I love, uh, let, let's talk about this, this this experience about where you realize there's a there's a niche inside your niche, yeah, and you kind of prefer to talk to to talk to that, yeah. What, what I mean, you've well, experienced so that. I, I think that what's going on in her mind partly is this. Again, she said, "I've decided to start a new venture with a much clearer and shorter path to monetization mm-hmm. because she realized over the course of building this audience that there is a smaller subset of my audience that I specifically want to serve." So, but I, I'm hearing two things. Hmm. One is that there's a, a group that she wants to serve, yeah, but she also wants to serve that group because she feels like there's a clearer path to monetization, yeah, and that's usually a good instinct, yeah. Um, like in my case with blogging, I started a blog that was very generic, talking about. Um, alternative forms of entrepreneurship, basically mm-hmm. lifestyle design, these kind of broad mm-hmm. questions about work and life and the balance between the two. And after uh, nine months of that or so, I started to realize, hmm, there, you know, this is such a broad question. I don't know how I'm going to create products for these people specifically. Mm. And so that's when I started to conceive of my second blog, which I launched approximately a year after the first one, which was called Think Traffic. And the point there was, okay, out of this group of people, I keep hearing from some that they want to grow an audience online, but they're not sure how to do that. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I felt like I could help with. So 
very similar, uh, niching down mm. and focusing on people who have a specific set of problems that you've identified. Yeah that you think you could turn into some sort of services or products. Yeah, I love that, right? Because right? you really are, this is something that we have, I think our language has gotten so much stronger about this in the Fizzle roadmap. And and maybe it's still mostly being talked about here on the show and being worked out. But this idea of, you know, traditionally inside of Fizzle, we always talk people through two things. There's a two prong. First of all, let's talk about your topic. Let's figure out your topic. Like, what's the area of interest? The, yeah. That thing. I, I want to talk about golf, right? And mm -hmm. then let's talk about your audience. Like, who are the specific groups, a uh, group of people that you want to target yes. with, right? And you'd be like, I want to talk about, I want to talk to retired people who golf or something, right? So, so that's like, that's combining those two is kind of like making a niche, you yep. know? And and that gives you your, your voice. It helps you find where those people are. It helps you create content and come up with content ideas that's going to resonate with those people. Yeah. It does all, it helps you with all of that stuff, right? Um, but something that we've added to this, it, because now we're helping so many people with making products it, and a product is really just helping you solve a problem. Every product is helping you solve a, a broom. Is like helping you solve the dirt on the floor problem. Yeah, or right? address a, a a desire that you have. A desire, yeah, yeah. right? So, and, and the, the the line between a desire and a problem is like this thin little membrane, you know, because what might be like a problem to some people is, is just a desire. It's like a, it's a need to have or a want to have. And depending on what side of the train tracks you on, yeah. you're, you know what I mean? Like that's like that you could have needs that are way different than, than someone in a different part of town. So, uh, but it feels the same, you know, it, it can feel the same. Um, so what we've started because we talked to so many people who are who are wanting to make products, it feels like in the last three years, that that we've we've really brought in this problem like word, you know. So I always I always talk about topic, audience, and problem, mm -hmm. and really there's a million ways to 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 put this together, but problem is really I think the essential part of or what, like one of the more foundational parts of this whole thing. I guess they all are. But problem is like I don't care if you're retired or not. If you want to add ten yards to your driver, this is the problem that you're trying to solve. Like this is the product's going to help you do it. Right. And here, and if you've actually made that product and it's actually helped people and it's helped thousands of people, and you're like looking at the testimonials and you're looking at the course map and you're looking at like here's what you're going to learn. Here's the process. It's going to take you four weeks and fifteen practice section sessions and yada yada yada. But at the end of it, you will consistently be hitting straighter and ten yards longer than before. Yep. Then you're just like. Okay, I don't care if you're I don't care if you're old, young, male, female, like I don't like all of that audience stuff can kind of like doesn't matter so much. You can you can target your marketing to a bunch of different group, groups like that, right? But it's that problem that I feel like it takes a while to learn what it actually is. And I and I think that's where the entrepreneurial ideas come from, maybe mm -hmm. for me, when I really get a sense like, dude, people are struggling with this. Mm -hmm. And everything that's out there is bullshit. Yeah. Like it sucks, you know? So that's where I, I'm seeing, I feel like I can feel her being activated about that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So th then the next question is, you, you feel like you have an idea of, about a problem. The next question is, how many people out there have this problem? Mm. Can I express it in a way that they connect with or identify with? Yeah. Am I, you know, am, am I able to repeat it back to them or frame it in a way that they go, yes, that's me. Yeah. And that's what you want. You totally want like, oh my God, yes. Right. Yeah, you know, because it's like it's normally it's something that like has been there the whole time, but nobody said it that way. Right. So you know? like she said specifically um, women who are dealing with the mental aspects of competing with horses. Yeah. And so you have to wonder, are there women out there thinking I have I have trouble with the mental aspect of competing with horses? And, yeah. and this is, again, sometimes the um, 
selling people what they want, but giving them what they need mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. aspect. So maybe she sells them on, you know, I can help you get a better score mm -hmm. when you're competing with your horse. And then what they really need is to understand the mental game. By the way, I know. really wish I had an idea of what these competitions are because I'm going back and forth between like horse races, like horses jumping over things, ro rodeos, right. and then just like, like actually like acrobatic, like on the horse, like kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I, and I don't actually want clarification because I like that. I'm I, I think it's really fun. What's the it's circus probably, in my head right now is yeah, pretty nuts. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, it's probably like, Western style, Western riding, riding, like lasso type stuff. Yeah, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, ran That's ranchy things. I like it. I'm into it. And sometimes, you know, I used to be a raunchy guy. Now I'm more of a ranchy guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Lasso, tie me up. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, now let's. Here's what she says in her own words. Um, she says, "I think my biggest mistake in the beginning was not niching down enough." and not having a clear idea of how to make money. My initial vision was simply Art of Manliness, which is a big website, a blog. My initial vision was just Art of Manliness for people who are interested in the cowboy lifestyle. But through all that I've done, I've discovered this subset of my audience, mainly women, who are either out there competing with their horses or would like to be, and having serious confidence issues that are keeping them from winning. The rest of my audience most of the traffic and people finding me from Google just wants to know what, how to shape their cowboy hats and what boots to wear with what belt. So pretty wide chasm there. And my bounce rate's like 85%. All right. Uh, by the way, her website is earnyourspurs.com. And she said, it's totally cool that we, we mentioned that on here. Well, I'll put that in the show notes for you. I loved, I loved this paragraph when she wrote this. I feel like it was really clarifying. I like, I think she was it's a really great uh, name. As well, yeah. Earn your spurs. Domain. I yeah. mean, that's killer. It's yeah. killer. Does now that gives me a lot, a lot more, uh, a lot more uh, to sink my teeth into mm -hmm. in some ways. And I just love this quote up at the top because we have literally probably said this verbatim, trying giving advice nonstop so that people don't end up in this spot. Right? I think my biggest mistake in the beginning was not niching down enough and not having a clear idea of how to make money. Mm -hmm. Right? I love that Corbett's biggest thing. He's always saying from like the early days is like your blog is not a business, right? Your blog is not a business. It's, and we, I can't wait to publish this new course. We'll tell you about it later. There's a new course coming out. You'll see it. like it. It's good. Um, but, but I, I don't know. I just, I just really resonate with this. I feel like, it, you know, for me personally being like, you know, I'm just like a, I'm a pundit. You know, we're like pundits up here. We're like just talking heads, spouting off advice and like what we think and yada, yada, yada. And here's an example in the real world with the things that we, we know are a problem. Like where someone's just going like, yeah, I made that mistake, like clear as day, like almost speak, speaking it back to us in our own language, you know, just to know that like, for me, per, like really just personally, as a person who teaches stuff on the web, I guess, it feels good to be, be like validated that like, yeah, this isn't, we're not just climbing up our own butts here. Like this is a real issue. This is something that people make a mistake all the time. Yes. You know, however, uh, she's not by any means out of the woods. No. And I want to stress that this is a hypothesis and this, this yeah. is how this is a great, to me, a good solid course of action. But a lot of times it's easy to get two years into having worked on something and then yep. start to feel like cold feet about it mm. because maybe uh, you're kind of bored with it. Maybe yeah. you don't feel the energy to be able to push through and really make it work. And so the grass is always greener. We yeah. always have ideas totally. for other projects. This even happens to us. Like mm -hmm. we end up starting, end up talking about other projects because it's fun to think about the new development phase and what could yeah. be. Yeah. 
um, instead of realizing necessarily that once you get into this new project, it's going to be work just like the one that you're yep. in is. And so it's a hypothesis that it's going to be a clearer path to making money. But I can think of, you know, a dozen different uh, places along the way where she could get stuck. Mm. You yeah, know? Yeah. And the biggest concern for me in this is, are there enough of these people out there yeah. who are feeling this? Mm -hmm. And again, can she articulate what they want or what they need yeah. in a way that they really connect with? Yeah. And I like then can that. she find those people? Mm -hmm. Right. Are they out there looking for this information yeah. online or are they just like talking to people at their, their writing? Uh, and this is a great example about why it's a good idea to be starting a business when there's a little, at least a little bit of competition out there. Right. Because mm -hmm. all of that goes to kind of showing those questions that Corbett just raised about like, are there people actually looking for this and finding stuff? You know, because right. if they're finding stuff, then then they were looking for it. Right. You know, and and is, is there are there enough of these people out there? Like having competition gives you a little bit of a sense of that. Yeah. You know, and and I don't and maybe there is maybe there is competition. This seems like one of those one of those industries where where there's there's probably so much so much richness and depth to it and, and history there that that I just don't. Yeah. Understand, you know? Yeah. And then, and then the next big question is, you know, okay, yes, there are people out there. Yes, I can articulate the problem, but then are they going to pay for something yeah. that will help them solve this problem or do they just want free information? Yeah. You know, there's just yeah. a whole lot of things that have to line and up. Those, those two questions uh, in the, in the defining your audience course in Fizzle, we walk you through those, these two the essential questions. Can they pay? And will they pay? Mm -hmm. Pay, which is, and I love that we we make you go through that early on before you even put anything out there before you make anything because it gets you thinking about this. Like I had no idea about how I was going to make money. Thing, you right. know what I mean? Like it's so easy yeah. to go. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be the cowboy chick, man. Yeah. I'm going to do all the stuff. It's going to be amazing. You actually never really thought about what they'd be willing to buy if they are have you know money to spend on things like this. You know, right? And you know, having conversations with yeah. doing the customer conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, to to see what they actually say about it yep. instead of just conjecturing. Totally, yeah, that's that's awesome. This is and for the you know the the next part. This is Alyssa who's asked this question, and and, and, and of course, by the way, like you know, people who spend money on horses, yes, they probably can pay because it, it's not an inexpensive. Totally, and that's a big insight, right? Yeah. What you just did right there, that's. A, that's a decade or more of entrepreneurial stuff, right? Is to be able to look at like what do we know about these people and go like, oh, you know what? There's a good reason why why they probably have some uh, you know extra income to to be able to pay for stuff because they are thinking about what they're feeding their horses. They're thinking yeah, about like you, all the where they're keeping their horses. You know, yeah. You can make your life a lot easier as an entrepreneur by um, targeting a group of people who have deep pockets, yeah. you know, and a willingness to pay. Yep. Um, versus like as as Barrett always says the. Um, college crowd yeah. is just a pain in the ass. Yeah, it, totally. They, they don't have a lot of money and they spend it on chips and beer. Yeah, which I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. No. That's I what mean, they should be doing. Look at, look, at our, look at our physiques right now. I mean, we're working hard, but there's a lot of chips and beer in there. <laughs> a lot of beer, that's for sure. There's no, there's no way to, there's no second way around it. I eat chips and beer sometimes. Hey, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't eat chips and beer sometimes. I eat chips and beer. Yeah. But it's hard to sell stuff to college kids, and that's what's important. <laughs> so, so um, uh, Alyssa, I think we've got a whole second part of this uh, uh, that I that I'm pumped to get into. But that's like the first part right there. Okay, so I was in, I was doing this thing two years into it. I, you know, I did all the stuff. I got the topic. I got the audience. We're building. We're getting some traction. We got people following it. There's interest. Like lots of stuff going on, and. 
I'm got this, you know, I could picture this happening in the back of her mind from like a year ago to now. Mm-hmm. Starting to see those little pockets of it, or see what really gets you fired up. And God, everyone wants to write this article. It's like Gary Vaynerchuk talking about like, everybody just wants to me to answer the question, what pairs good with fish? Yeah. What wine pairs good with fish? Right. It's like, what, how do I shape my hat? What what belt goes with what boots? You know? And and that that tends to happen in, I think in, in things like that. But you do find yourself getting kind of activated, turned on about some other part, you know, like the like the mental mental sort of competition of doing the, the competing with horses. Yeah, you and know? just just one other thing before we move yeah. on to the second um, part. Uh, this brought up another thing which a lot of people ask about, and that is, should I start a site that appeals broadly, and you know, if so, how do I pull that off? Yeah. Um, she mentioned art of manliness yeah. and trying to make the art of manliness for X, yeah. you know, and that's a really great example because Brett over there at art of manliness has um, a really broad set of topics that are just kind of loosely unified under this being a man weird kind of concept thing. Yeah. of like being a man, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And he's been able to pull that off, but it's rare to find people who can do that. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I, I mean, I would love here's a here's a homework exci- assignment for anybody who's like a real go getter out there. Go find the very first like 10 15 posts that were ever written on art of manliness. Go back and look at look see if you can see in the first, you know, whatever 20 headlines what who he's aiming at right there. Mm-hmm. What age group, what kind of issues like I bet it came out of there's 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 two ways to go, right? You start big and then you niche down or you start really small and niche down focused. And then you get bigger over time. And I, I bet Art of Manliness is a great example of like, he was probably really talking to whatever, 30-year-olds with mustaches who were like, it was mustache for just becoming a thing or new dads or whatever it was, yeah. right? There was probably some focus for him that then when the world starts responding to what you're doing, it starts to shape how you look at it. It gets bigger. Yeah, and you know, um, in some cases, you just hit it, you nail it right yeah. out of the gate too. Yeah. And, and that that could have been the case there. But I think the the, the question is like, is it possible to pull off one of these broad topic sites? Yeah. And a lot of times it requires a team of writers. You know, if you just think about the sites that that you read, a lot yeah. of times there's a lot of people writing for them mm. on all kinds of different topics. And that's why they're able to talk about gadgets and life and career and all this kind of stuff like sure. mixed in together. If you're just one writer and you're you're writing something once a week, it's really hard if you say, I'm going to talk about these five different topics. It, yeah. it, it's hard for you to cover enough of those to have any sort of archive on your site where, you know, there's a regularity totally. yeah. about those things. And so, you know, that's another vote in favor of doing a smaller niche. Yeah, totally. Because uh, people can follow along. It's the same thread. Yeah. Instead of this one's about this. And Instead this of one's having about to that. like tune into a channel within a yeah. broader totally. you know, scope. You know, and my wife's starting up a blog right now and she's actually... The way everything she's, you know, you you know you're making this mistake when you care a lot about what the categories widget on your site's lo- site looks like. Do you, do you know what I mean? When you're just like, oh well, like I need to make sure that the category, like I want them to be able to pick. I want to read about this. I want to read about that. I want to be, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, okay, and that's. I think that's something you do after you have 200 articles. Yeah. In the in the bank, you know. Yeah. And but it's 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 hard. You want you know when you're starting out, you want to look like, like like the like the blogs you you see. You know what I mean? You want to dress like like the other girls dress in sure. some ways, you know? But anyways, so part one of this is this feeling, uh, the sensation, the whatever, the experience of going like, I've got this thing and I actually want to focus it down a little bit more. And so you've just got some of our, uh, our, our advice and our stories uh, and some context about that. Now, let's get into the second part, 
where she asks a very specific question. All right. And so here it is. She says, my dilemma is this. What do I do with what I've already built? Fellow fizzlers in the forums basically think I'm crazy for wanting to abandon what I've built as I could uh, make money with it if I put the effort into it. But I'm afraid that maybe my heart isn't really in it anymore. Okay, let's just, let's start there. Um, this idea that like, what, what do I, first of all, she's, she's jumping straight to the abandon. Like, let's abandon this thing. I've got this, this thing. I need to go focus smaller. Um, and so when I originally heard this, I emailed her back and I was like, so wait, why couldn't you, like, what about like just starting to focus the site just more on that just naturally? And, and she said, no, I couldn't do that because um, of what I read earlier. Like I've done a few episodes on that in my podcast. And for example, and I get the good response from the ladies who are interested in that thing, but I'm starting to get like negative responses from people about, uh, mm -hmm. about yeah. not liking that, you know? Um, so, which makes sense because yeah. it's not what people signed it's up for. It's not what they signed up yeah. for. Right. And, 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 and if you can, you know, I think in some cases, um, you can make a, you can bring your audience to a topic yeah. if the topic could apply to the majority of the audience. Mm -hmm. But if suddenly you're exploring this topic that only applies to 10% of the audience, yeah. you know, think about it. She has to divide the audience in half for just the women. Totally. And then she has to divide those people into people that have horses that compete with horses yeah. and then that are thinking about the mental game. Yeah. It just gets really, really small. Yeah, really small, right? And so a good example would be like, if we at Fizzle turned every podcast and blog post into how to help you make just content. That's a niche inside of like this greater online business thing. It was just like, how do you make great badass content every single week? Yeah. Right. If that was our whole goal, we could bring a lot of you along with us to that. You I, know? Yeah. I think, or I think it's more like if we wanted to help people just make blogs for musicians, Yeah, you know, it's more niche. Exactly. Than that. And then that, that would be, yeah, that's what that sort of akin to what she's talking about. We're just so specific. Yeah. And there's probably a hundred to 300 people who are musicians in the in the audience here yeah. if you are give a shout out i'd love to show me li link us to your to your band camp or or my or, or youtube thing? youtube video or something like that i was on fizzle friday the other day in fizzle we do weekly calls every week we whoever can make it jumps on a call and we kind of do like live coaching with with about about whatever you're working on in your business it's a big reason to sign up for fizzle fizzle.co slash try five you get five weeks for free as a listener to this show um and what uh, there was a there's a guy in there who does imp, teaches improv jazz piano, um, but a little more than like improvisational piano, right? And he's doing a similar thing where he's like, I've been doing this for a while, pretty like I got some good success going, yeah, but it's not like thriving. You By know? the way, we could put together a band just with the people in Fizzle oh, who we are put starting an awesome band, starting sites. Bob Reynolds, who like yeah. is the saxophone player, right? is just badass, totally. Jeff Chalmers playing stand-up play, bass. Yeah. Scott Devine playing electric bass. Yeah, totally. And I love it. To me, that's like my most exciting thing. Like, yeah. like I've got a, a new musician that I'm listening to. I'm literally, I'm friends with like a couple musicians like that are like, that I really admire. And then, and then like a lot of uh, people who I know or a handful of people I know who are like pretty, who listen to good music. There's a guy I found called Blake Mills. Now I'm doing this on the podcast. I'm promoting Blake Mills on the podcast because I just think he's so fucking good. He's so good. The songs are so amazing to me. Um, and, and so, but I've reached out to like, there's this one guy called Thomas Dibdahl who's like, he's like a hero of mine. Like he's a legend. And he came and played in Portland and there was nobody there. There was nobody there at the Doug Fur. Nice. It was like me and three other people. So we we drank with him afterwards. Like we got to hang out. Yeah, you We're did. friends on Facebook. Nice. Right? 
And every once in a while, every once in a while, I send him a little note. Also, Chris Thiele, mandolin player extraordinaire from... (laughs) I know, how funny is that? Just the word mandolin player (laughs) extraordinaire works. From Nickel Creek, Punch Brothers, one of my favorite musicians. I I think he's a god. I think he's basically a god of music. And he moved to Portland. Him and his wife, I think they might have a baby here. Um, This is so meta right now. We're just niching down the podcast. We're niching. I I gotta get this out because I just don't know how to turn it off. Um, And anyways, I just sent him a a, 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 a tweet just going like, number one, you... I would love to hear you do a collaboration with Blake Mills, promoting Blake Mills to him. Cause I'm like, Blake Mills, am I right? And number two, come on, let me take you out for a drink in Portland, please. <laughs> <laughs> I literally said that. Please. I, I, multiple E's and please. Nice. <laughs> but anyways, the music thing's awesome, right? I love, I love that because it's such an interesting niche with music. You're not solving a problem in, 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 specifically, right? You're not like teaching someone how to like organize their closet. You know, it's not, it's like a, it's a very soft good. Yeah, it's a desire. It's a desire. It's entertainment. Yeah. It's a feeling. It's emotion. It's like why do we watch? Why do we watch movies? Why is that such a big industry? Why is video games such yeah. an industry? You know what I mean? It's entertainment is this massive yeah. industry. Yeah, and I guess you could call it the problem of wanting to be entertained. But. The problem of boredom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but anyways, you were right. We could have a badass. In fact, if we ever did an event, that would be that would like mean the world to me to like be able to to With a band just, of just like hey, members. you guys. Just like do some Google a day early. Google Hangout. Yeah, find a day early. We just we got legal weed here. Just hang out and and jam <laughs> like the whole time. Um, actually, that would be really unique for an event. I'm keeping going here. I'm gonna keep going here. Uh, all right. So we were talking about this 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 idea of 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 should she just abandon this site and move on? I love. Mm-hmm. The, I, I think this, you brought something really great to this, Corbett, because you're like, yeah, 1,500 subscribers, like. Okay, like it's on the right path, but like two years, I mean, you're not making revenue much at all or, or whatever. It, this isn't that great. And it, I, I could totally picture Fizzlers, other people in her life who were like, you built a blog with that many subscribers? Going like, that's a big deal. Like you're never going to be able to do that again. You shouldn't abandon this. But she's feeling it. Like she says this, right? She says, I'm just afraid that my heart isn't really in it anymore. That is wisdom. I think pay attention to that. Not that that's the truth, but... You lean into those emotions and find it like what what wisdom is in there because that might be opening up another door to something that's way more aligned with with or, the things or or to to play the other side. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it could be a red flag to say that I could make money with it if I put in the effort. Yeah, or you know, I could make money yeah. with it if I put the effort into it. You know, you could be saying, yeah, I could make money with that if I put the effort into but it, or, it, or you could be saying. I could make money with it if I put the effort into it. Like, yeah. You know, oh, like, you, I, what I hear in 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 your reservation is like, are you always going to be this? Is always going to be this challenging for you to think about making money? Are you right. always going to like? You are you turning kick away against, from it? To use a horse metaphor, are you going to kick against the goad on this all the time? Right. Is this? Yeah. Are you turning away from it because you don't? Yeah. Because the money part's boring to you because it feels dirty for some reason. Yep. And are but or are you also saying I'm turning away from this thing because my heart's not in it? Um, when in reality you're turning away from it because it's just not going that well. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, she says, you know, X number of thousands of people at the site. Is that to one post that happened to be like really searched on? Yeah. yeah. You know, that, bounce rate uh, at 85 is like, is pretty normal, by the way. 85% of bounce rate is pretty normal for blog, like, like well, for search traffic. For search traffic. Sure. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty normal. And right. she was saying, she did say, she mentioned that a lot of it's coming from search. Yeah. A lot of the traffic's coming anyway, from Anyway, all search. I'm saying yeah. is like, 
we all as entrepreneurs, like I've moved on from a lot of projects yeah. and you know, you get that feeling that Twitter pated feeling of yeah. like, Ooh, there's this other project over there. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope she likes me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's important to really dive deep into these emotions that you have and these feelings to make sure that you're not just allowing yourself to give up because yeah. the going got tough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I think that that's really, that's really good. That's very, because that's why you pay Corbett the big bucks, guys. That is why you pay Corbett the big bucks. Because what that is, is that's more than just like, let's find a, let's find a way to be, to do this. Like you're going to have a blast. It's going to be awesome. You're going to learn a lot. Cause I guarantee you, you're going to, you do either way and you, and you work at it, you do it your way. Um, and, and you try your best, you're going to come out of the other side going like, you know what? I learned a lot though, no matter what, no matter what, but Corbett's sitting here going like, yeah, but but I, I got this red flag going up and I don't know if this is you at all, Alyssa. I don't know at all because we know we don't, I don't know you. Right. But judging by the story and judging by the hundreds of people that, that I've had close interaction with as entrepreneurs, this is also something to think about. Are you, are you shying away from this? Because it's just now getting to the point where it's like, all right, earn earn something from this or or leave or and you're just kind of like going out the back door or is this actually a little piece of of kind of entrepreneur intuition that's going like this makes more sense, you know? Yeah. And, and and in all in the talking with her that I have done, she's very articulate. She's uh which is the only thing you have to go on when you're you know going through email basically. And and so I'm just like I bet it's the latter. Cool. My hunch is the latter, but yeah. hunch in one hand and crap in the other and see which one fills up first mm-hmm. it was, was pretty good it's like halfway there you know no it was, it was good it yeah, worked it worked okay yeah. good good i like that and okay then she asked this she says the reason why i'm reaching out to you specifically chase is i'm curious about how you went about moving away from father apprentice which was a site that i that i did a, a while ago how did you decide you weren't going to actively manage it anymore and then and why did you do that and how did you go about quote ending it i feel like i'm letting my audience down in a way but i feel pretty strongly that this is the right move for me. Okay. Uh, with Father Apprentice, I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, uh, end it. I, I didn't like have a, a ceremony. I didn't, I, I just haven't written the next blog post. It's right. been f- four years and I haven't written. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, a, it's still there. It still gets plenty of traffic and people are learning how to, like people are still commenting on the learn how to, put your baby in the crib mm-hmm. without crying yeah. thing. Cause Google's just like, this is amazing. Yeah. People are going nuts on this thing. Um, and it is, it is a total, it's like an absolute life act <laughs> to learn how to do that. But, uh, ultimately I didn't, I didn't choose to move on it, it even. You your know audience I mean? is just sitting there assuming that either you became the world's greatest dad yeah. and you don't have time for, this, have crap time for this crap anymore or you gave up on being a dad. Yeah. I just, I was like, <laughs> like, yeah, I went out for a pack of cigs and never came back. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, you shouldn't even laugh about it. I, I bet there's real people who have yeah. that experience. Like that's oh, probably totally. like absolutely traumatizing. Yeah. Can't even imagine. So, uh, anyway, anyways, the, the, uh, the, the thing with father apprentice was I just, I just, uh, we started working on fizzle, you know, I started doing designs of other sites. I we we I just started like following that entrepreneurial intuition, and it led me towards making more websites more professionally, which led me to Corbett Corbett Bar, Corbin Bar, and that led me to 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 where the introduction to to this idea of Fizzle, which we called uh, Project X, and then we had a different name even at a little at a little. I wanted. I, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say the other name. I don't even want to call it. Don't even. I'm not even going to say it. Yeah, you guys don't. You guys get to know a lot about me, but you don't get to know that. Um, the, and and so that's how that happened. It just happened really organically over time. Now, what you where your business is different, Alyssa, and maybe someone else who's listening. The 
what Corbett said earlier, earn your spurs. That's a great name. It's a great name. It's a great name. Yep. It's a really good name. And it's, a it's interesting brand. because it 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 connotes the niche that she wants to get into. Because yep. it works. Yeah, because earn is like this is a mental toughness thing. Yeah. And then spurs obviously are exactly. related to actually riding a horse. So originally I was like, oh, you just abandon it. You just like let this let this grow weeds for a little while while you go do something else. But now that I'm seeing like how much a uh, and it's different as well because, you know, with, with Father and Apprentice and Fizzle, yeah. one isn't a subset of the other. We're totally unrelated. Right. And But with her, there's there are people, and she's gotten feedback, there are people within this audience who like the new direction. So mm-hmm. it just seems like, um, it seems like they're, instead of the, the gut, you know, yeah. or the, the knee-jerk reaction of abandon that and go start a new thing, yeah. there's some opportunity here yeah. to continue the line somehow. Yeah, and I think to, that's... To, to morph. That's where uh, that's where you have to get creative, right? So, okay, so here's here's the thing. Corbett Barr, say that you are Alyssa's coach. You have worked with her extensively. You know she's not afraid of making money. You know she's not just trying to climb out the back door. You know this is the right direction she's done. She's looked at the market. She's looked at the, she shows you competition. She shows you what other people are doing. She shows you her plan, you know, about of attack on on getting to revenue. And you're like, this all makes sense. Yeah. Like, we should try this. She's got earnyourspurs.com with a podcast of the same name, probably. What what do you coach her to do, do you think? Uh, so my advice would be based on what I've done and what I've literally coached other people through. Mm. Um, for example, Scott Dinsmore, mm-hmm. um, rest in peace. Yeah. He has a site now, which his wife Chelsea is running, called Live Your Legend. Uh, and that grew out of a site that Scott had been running for a long time before that, like three years, I believe Mm. called reading for your success. (laughs) And it was like, it was basically, we can still laugh at Scott. Sure. (laughs) Beyond the grave. It was, um, it was book reviews, basically. What was it? Read, 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 reading for your success, reading for your success. (laughs) And it was, it was basically just, he liked to read and he, and he wrote book reviews. My point is when Scott wanted to start live your legend, we didn't want to throw away all the work that he had done on yeah. reading for his success because he had some solid posts in the ar- in the archives. He felt like, yes, this was the same kind of post that I would write on my new site. And there were people that would be interested in both of those topics. Yeah. And he, you know, he had the, um, the search traffic and everything else coming to that old site. So it's like, what's the point of just abandoning that yeah. unless you feel like you're going to go pick it up and you want to, you know, remember that brand or whatever. Same story for us with think traffic. Yeah. Think Traffic was a really successful brand on its own. We had, you know, earned a lot of revenue uh, by selling products to the Think Traffic audience. But when we decided to move everything under the Fizzle umbrella, we knew that it didn't make sense to just leave Think Traffic over there. Mm-hmm. We pulled a lot of the best pieces of that content inside yeah. of Fizzle. And if you go to the Think Traffic domain, you get redirected to the Fizzle blog, which is now called the Sparkline. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, you know, juice that you get from that there's mm-hmm. a lot of um google trust that domain because you've been working on it yep. for a period of time yeah you have traffic coming to articles that would still make sense on the new site mm-hmm. and so if i was advising Alyssa here i'd say you know let's look at the archives of the existing site and see is there some portion of those articles that you would feel good about living on the new site mm. and then you could call the old articles you could just you know yeah. um unpublish them make them yeah. drafts again or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and then maybe go dormant for a while and you know conceive of the new brand and what it means and what mm-hmm. it looks like and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then launch with a bang and, and launch sort of like you're 
with an, you're launching a new site, but same domain name and it has some stuff in the archives already that you feel really good about yeah. that are already getting traffic from Google. Yeah, interesting. I like that. Now, that does leave open this question about like, how do I alert my audience, my existing audience about this change? I think in some ways, you in order to build an audience, you have to treat as kind of, I don't know, I, I call it, treat as almost sacred, but the, the relationship you have with the audience, you know, because they go away and, and you have nothing. You have literally nothing, right? And so she's built this audience with that spirit of like, of of sort of like honoring the audience and building things for them and now she's going to switch and put and and and, and one way of looking at it is like like I'm going to go honor this other I have to in order to honor this group over here like I have to say goodbye to the, to this group over here or to this focus over here and in so doing it can you can you can hurt people's feelings or 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 whatever but you you just ha- you kind of have to either whatever there's a there's a, a strategy to this right yeah you know like with with I feel like even with reading for your success it fits inside of live your legend it's a part of what like I think that's yeah. a point where it it got bigger mm-hmm. it got bigger I think traffic and fizzle are just two different names for the same thing yeah. in some ways right um, whereas she's going same name different focus right right so you're you that that brand that you're talking about she has to conceive of this brand tagline. The headline, the what we do here, the about page, right? All those things can start to be implemented, and then emails go out, you know, to the audience in the podcast episode, saying like, "Hey, here's what, here's the story. Here's why I'm thinking this way. Here's right. why this matters so much to me. Right. Here's here's a Jen's story. Here's uh whatever S- Cynthia's story. I don't know cowgirl names. I'm trying to learn. J- Jen sounded like a cowgirl name, right? I think. I think you know it. There are probably all kinds of names. There's there's probably a bunch, right? Yeah. They're all, they're, it could be anything. Could be. This is Moon. She's a cowgirl. She, here's her story. And why why I care a lot about her story. And that's why I'm focusing the site on things like this. Yeah. Um, And it, and it doesn't have to be, and, and screw it. Like, it's, this isn't your future. This isn't like the rest of your life. This is like the best you know how to do right now. Take a gamble on yourself. If you feel great about it, if like given all of the things that we talked about, I loved those red flags that Corbett was talking about, like going like, are you sure you're you're okay with having money here? Are you or making money? Are you like, are you just make sure that you're not just like, you know, trying to sneak out the back yeah. door here? Because I think those are really important. Yeah. And then when you and when you're thinking about the options for moving forward, also ask yourself, why are you assuming that you should just leave that site, abandon it? Yeah. Versus, you know, like absorbing it into the new site is yeah. there do you have some feeling like maybe you'll go back to it eventually mm-hmm. and if so like what's that all yeah about? and maybe maybe Alyssa has like a whole brand and other things totally set up maybe there. she has a better brand yeah like in the future if that's the case if that's the case then then just leave this as is let it grow weeds for a while you know what i mean you'll always be able to i'll be able to go i can go back to father apprentice let the uh any minute any time tumbleweeds roll across the front oh. <laughs> that was my like, <laughs> like fucking tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they make noise. <laughs> tumbleweed just going, hey, <laughs> hello, <laughs> anybody here? Tumbling everywhere. <laughs> God damn thing, why I keep falling? <laughs> I'm tumbling everywhere. <laughs> this has been a delight. I have been here, as you've heard, with Corbett Barr accomplished jazz flautist and his latest album it takes two comes out on smooth jazz records this august it takes two
I just want to do a fake radio show with you so bad. Where you are Corbett, but you like play yourself. Like you're Corbett Barra. Okay. <laughs> and you just try to stay. And I'm just trying to... Interesting. When you first started, you know, mouthing your armature at the flute, what were the sensations that stick out the most? Well, pain. <laughs> uh, I have been Chase Warman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. <laughs> and I'll see you there. Oh, we'll see you we'll on see another, another time. time. I don't know. <laughs> so there you have it. There it is, everybody. Thank you, Alyssa, for your question, for being brave enough to share. We absolutely loved hearing from you. You can find the show notes, fizzleshow.co slash 167. Listen, I've added there, besides the links that we talked about in here, I've added there the the 20 killer, it's a guide that we made on the 20 killer examples of killer USP. 20 examples of killer USP, unique selling proposition. A lot of what we were talking about today in the show ends up being put together in what we call the unique selling proposition. And in this guide, there's 20 examples of this. They're all from some of our favorite companies. It gives you a really clear idea of what a great USP looks like and how to maybe update your own when you're looking at it. It's a free guide. I put it there in the show notes for you. Uh, Grab it. USP guide from Fizzle. Fizzleshow.co slash 167. Here's an iTunes review from, this is literally this person's name in iTunes, is Can't Get Enough. The title of this review is also Can't Get Enough. I wish that the the, the content of it was just Can't Get Enough, <laughs> but it's more. You guys have something special. I laugh and have light bulb moments every time I listen. I even had a dream. I got to sit in and watch the creation of an episode a few nights ago. Creepy? Maybe. But I think it means your content is sticking. Thank you for being you and sharing your skills with the world. Oh, can't get enough. Thank you. Very sweet. Thanks for leaving that review. I really appreciate you taking the time. Our goal here, dear listener, is... You know this. Yeah, we help you. We want to help you make progress on your business. That's what our that's what our business is. We're making our business, helping you make progress on your business. If you like this show, it's free. We give it out for you. We, we're hoping to build an audience with it. Helps us get the word out when you leave iTunes reviews for us. We've got a growing number of iTunes reviews. I would love it if you added yours there. I'll probably read it out on the air. So if you get a chance, head to iTunes, go to the store, look for Fizzle, click write a review, and let me know what you think. All right, that's it for us today. My wish for you is not for an easy or gentle or cloudless life, but for a heart fully awake and eyes alight with direction, potential, and joy. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.